morning, Eaglebrook Church family. Would you stand here as we enjoy some some Christmas celebration music honoring the birth of Jesus? Here we go.
<laughs> has the same center now for the Boca Shoebox Sound Band. That's it, that's all, sorry. <laughs> so they dedicated the center. Um, they were only um, funding for one summer, but now it just makes it the place that um, people put the Boca Shoebox Sound Band in. Those shoeboxes have very specific items that can go in there any time. And um, specifically, for example, if they're going to teach or if they're going to share a story at Kids Club, they would go into the Christian Band Center those boxes um, are like 100,000 waiting to be processed for a Boca Shoebox Sound Band for the Christian band. And then um, while Franklin Graham was there, he was um, talking with the operations of the center. Amazing stuff. And he shared with us that um, last year, 5 million children were hit with certain problems, the stuff that they can't do in the operations of the boxes. And then he also told a story that he got really hit hard. <laughs> but not so much in the not-so-great areas. 65% um, of the Jamaican population is Protestant. Um, both in Jamaica and Paraguay, corruption is a huge, serious problem in the countries. Um, Jamaica is the second poorest Caribbean country. There's 190,000 children in Jamaica that live in poverty. More than 400,000 people in Jamaica live in poverty, and 14,000 live in extreme poverty. Um, school attendance is only mandated till sixth grade. Child labor is widespread and often essential for a family's survival. <coughs> Eight out of ten children, ages two to fourteen, experience some form of violence at home, school, in the community, often from family members or people that they don't know. And violence is just about a part of everyday life for everyone. And due to the difficult economic situation. Many children use parental care and are vulnerable to exploitation. Trafficking is also a major problem for women, girls, and Muslim immigrants. 30% of all first births were to girls in the 1700s. Without a way to earn stable income, many turn to gang activity and crime to survive. Jamaica has a high rate of being being children. 10% of Jamaicans who have a sibling are under the age of 18 as a result of mother to child transmission. And eight deaths in adults result in many children coming out. And for Paraguay, um, the majority of Paraguayans are Roman Catholic. Um, about 
36% of Paraguay's indigenous people live in poverty, and about 34.4% live in absolute poverty. Three times more. Paraguay remains one of the world's poorest countries in Latin America. 65% of the schools are not open-conditioned. Um, it has an adult class plus adult group and a middle school. Um, 40% of the population is uneducated. That's the bottom line. Paraguay is a tourist and transit country to high sex trafficking in Latin America, both boys and girls become victims of sex tourism and they are often sold to juveniles and exploited for sexual services or domestic purposes. Children of Paraguay are often subject to child marriages even before they start biological age. Around 150,000 children in Paraguay are prostituted. Without parental care, many of them end up in the streets where they are often resorted to robbery, threatening and prostitution. So with these facts that we have,
So that, uh, that's all standalone street one that was here with you today.
right, would you come back to your seats and just stay standing if you would? Today we light the third candle of Advent, the Advent Eve, the shepherd's candle, or the candle of joy. For it was to shepherds that the angels 
the angel announced the good news that would bring great joy to all the people. The shepherd's candle also reminds us that Jesus is our great shepherd, and we can live and work with holy joy under his care. This candle marks a shift from the more solemn tone of the first two Sundays, Sunday of preparation, to a more joyous atmosphere of anticipation and expectancy. That is why the shepherd's candle is a lighter color than the other three. The Apostle Paul encourages us over the book of Romans, chapter 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. As we light the shepherd's candle, we share in their joy as we declare, the Messiah, the Christ, Jesus has arrived. Would you join me in prayer? God, we joyfully praise you for the fulfillment of your promise as a Savior, of giving us Jesus. As we await your return, we pray that you will find us, fill us with your joy, fill us with your Holy Spirit, and may we live joyful lives as we all long for your appearing. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's continue that theme of joy. We're going to re-sing the song Joy to the World, but with a little bit of a twist here this morning.
the Lord came to him in a dream. The angel said, Joseph, descendant of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because the baby in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Matthew 1.10. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Amen. 
morning, God, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. God, the night you were born, you were truly holy night. You were holy before that day, you were holy on that evening, you were holy today. We praise you for your mighty name, Jesus. We praise you. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat if you would. Jesus. combination of the holiness of God, who He is, this, this, this amazing, perfect being that, that has no blemish, no sin, no anything, this, this holy, set-apart, perfect God who came down to a broken world to reconcile a separated humanity and a fractured creation back to himself. And it is that that brings us hope. It is that that gives us peace. And as we covered, and as we will cover today, it is that which brings us joy. So I want us to ask the question here this morning. I want to ask you today, what brings you the most joy in your life? Now, we could probably all come up with our own individual list if we were to take some time. But if we were honest, that which brings us the most joy usually has to do with some, some kind of a relationship, right? The people that we love and care about the most in your world, in your circle. It becomes even greater joy when an estranged relationship is restored. Or, or you can think about a, a child who gets lost and maybe separated from their, their family at a store or, or at an amusement park or, or somewhere else, and, and that immediate sense of panic sets in. And then when that child is found, The joy of having something that was lost but is found, something that was estranged and restored, takes precedence over everything else. The joy that comes from that exceeds everything else possible. And this is the context of what is happening the night that Jesus was born. Right? That's why the angels declared this to the shepherds. I am bringing you good news that will be a great Today, your Savior was born, the crown of David, who is Christ the Lord. And what this is telling us at this moment is that nothing else matters at this moment in time. This joy right here far exceeds everything else because it's not just joy, but it is great joy. And the word great here in the Greek, when you break it down, means the highest possible implication of importance. 
So we have this good news of great joy, of the highest possible implication of importance that is tied directly to the birth of Jesus. The arrival, the advent of the Christ child. Lift up the world from these shepherds. In a small, not as good town called Bethlehem. One who is declared both Lord God, but is also Master. So folks, this is why this is so important. Christmas is a reminder each year that this world is lost, it is broken, it is separated from God, and that we are in desperate need of a Savior, someone who will find us, who will rescue us, someone on the outside who Christmas is also a reminder that God came into this world Himself to meet that need. He came as Lord, as the God of the universe, to be our Savior. And by His arrival and everything He did through the cross and resurrection, He has He is the only one who ever could be our Savior. And that's why this is such good news. Just like the child in a grocery store, only a thousand million times greater, we as humanity are lost. But through the advent of Jesus, the King is here, and we have been found. The cause of our separation between us and God would be defeated. Rescue had arrived. Estrangement could finally be over. Restoration now made possible. First between God and us. And then, as it begins to filter through us, between us and us. That's why this news is cause for such great joy. Now, just to be clear, joy is not an emotion like happiness or sadness, because you can actually be joyful whether you are happy or sad. Because joy is a state of being, a state of mind, a state of your soul. And it is based upon something so important, so much deeper, and something that is constant and that is not changing, like our emotions, or like the things that our emotions are affected by. So so where does the state of being and the reframed mindset, and this new way to live. Where does it come from? Well, it goes back, again, to that announcement made by the angels, to those shepherds. Joy has arrived. And he was in a manger. He was joy incarnate. And he not only gives us joy, he is our joy. So let's start to develop that with our first point, so number one. Find joy in God's character. The angels announce joy because that is who God is. Throughout the scriptures, we see the people of God finding joy and rejoicing specifically over God's character. So let's take a look at a few verses here. We find joy in His love 
and his mercy. I love what King David writes here. He says, I will be glad and rejoice or find joy in your love. For you saw my affliction and knew the anguish of my soul. Folks, can I tell you something? Unlike the way that religion paints the picture, and if you've been affected by a religious approach to any of this, then I apologize for that. But unlike the way religion paints the picture, you do not have to do anything to earn God's love. You just are loved. By the one who created you, by the one who knows you better than you know yourself, all your flaws, all your everything. When a parent and a child are separated at a store and that child is anything but perfect, does the parent have one thought in their mind that, he's, that they stop loving that child because that child's not perfect even, in, even though they're lost? No. And that's how God feels about His love has reached into your world and into my world not to leave us in the status of sin, not to leave us in our state of brokenness, not to leave us in a state of separation, but to redeem us, to restore us, to give us a new identity that we are a child of the King, one who has been Which is the next thing we find joy in. We find joy in God's salvation. King David writes again, I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. We sang earlier in the last song we sang, if you've been forgiven, if you've been redeemed, then sing the song of Abel to the Lord. The song of thankfulness that comes from a heart of joy. A heart that recognizes that you were once lost, but now you've been found. And if you've never given your life to Jesus, maybe you've heard about him, you've been around the church world a couple of times, and, and but it's never been anything you've made personal yourself, would you consider doing that? Would you consider doing that right now? I just want to pause for a second and, and offer a prayer for those who might be just sitting there going, you know, I've never done that before. I've gotten real close to the line, but I'm like, yeah, maybe tomorrow. Well, how about today? Let's pray. And I'm going to have you just in your heart, in your mind, Pray this after me, especially if you are desiring to trust Christ and invite Him into your life for the first time. So I'm just going to say a few words, and these words aren't magical. They're just something to kind of hang your hat on, and you can say them to make them real to you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for His.
surrender my life to you. Come and fill me up, Lord. Cleanse me. Make me new. Make me holy. I want to follow you. I give my life to you. Thank you for all you That's just a starting place, but if Dan, if you prayed that prayer, I would love to, to talk to you, to help you walk this relationship with Jesus. But I just feel sometimes that we talk a lot about this relationship with Jesus, and we just sometimes forget that there's people are here that are listening online or watching or, or here in our, our very facility that maybe have never really made that commitment before. They, they've done the church thing, they've done a lot of other things, but they've never... And so may the joy, may you be able to rejoice in a salvation that, that, that's not just being talked about, but in a salvation that is real because it's yours. And it's yours on the inside. You also find then joy at this point as, you're, as you've embraced Christ in your life. You find joy in His righteousness. Now what does that mean? This requires a little bit more explanation, but this is how this plays out. The, the prophet Isaiah writes this, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God. For He has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of His righteousness. See, to me, this is one of the greatest and most amazing truths of the gospel where Jesus gets all of our sin and all the condition of this fallen world dumped upon Him. And He offers us His righteousness and His grace. C.S. Lewis called it the great exchange. Folks, your clothing is no longer the tattered rags of unrighteousness and brokenness for if you know Jesus today, if you've surrendered your life to Him, you have been adopted back into His very family, and you've been given the family robe. You may have been a black sheep of, of anything else in society. But the Father is saying, I've got a robe for you. And this robe is my righteousness. All those garments of all the tattered brokenness of your life, let me give you something new. You belong to me. You belong to my family. You're part of my kingdom. A new identity. Do you see how then that creates a wealth of joy then that bubbles up from the inside of us and a reason to rejoice regardless of the circumstances that are around us? See, see next we find joy in God's very presence. The psalmist declares, Rejoice in the Lord, or in His very presence, you who are righteous, who have been given the righteousness of God, and then praise His holy name. Folks, when everything else is shaking and falling apart, there is one who will never leave you, one who will never forsake you, and His presence is what sustains you, gives you life, Gives you the ability to make the changes you need in your life to now walk in this new identity in Christ. 
His presence is what gives you comfort when life stinks. His presence is what gives you purpose. Hence the very meaning of the title Emmanuel, or God with us. For His very presence, His very nature is with us. And if you have given your life to to Jesus, it actually is something that is within you. Jesus is our Emmanuel. God in the manger. The very source of the joy in your life. So, So when you are struggling to find something to be joyful about, sometimes we just have to start with the basics. And just start listening and finding joy in the character of God. May you find joy in Him again. And this is what blows my mind. Do you know what God finds joy in? You think, what do you mean does God find joy? Yes, God finds joy in something. Do you know what that is? You. And you're thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's got to be a joke, right? Does He know me? (laughs) Like, has He ever met me? And, and God would say, yes. You're the source of my joy. I want us to look at this scripture as we see this next point. So number two, rest in the joy that God has for you. One of my favorite scriptures is found in the prophet Zephaniah. He says, for the Lord your God is living among you. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. And He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. Folks, did you catch the magnitude of that? All the joy that we receive and feel are a direct result of God's heart toward us. The baby born in the manger is God with us, our God living among us. He is mighty to save. He is Savior. And this God, this God Himself, takes delight in you. Yes, He knows you. He knows your flaws. He takes delight in you, not in your flaws. He wants to help, obviously, transform you more and more into the likeness of His image. But He's not afraid of your flaws. He loves you. He takes delight in you. He sings joy over you. He sings over you. He sings about you. God sings songs about you. We're singing songs to Him, and God is singing songs about you. That He loves you to the point where He left the confines of a perfect eternity in heaven to come into a broken world. To find that love. Because He met How much do we look at life in our lives? Whatever life may be throwing your way, just like a a loving parent sings a lullaby to calm their child, God finds joy in singing over you. So folks, the next time that you, you feel unloved, the next time that you feel unworthy, I want you to stop and think about this scripture. And actually rest in there for a moment that the joy that God has for you. See, that is the good news of the Advent. Because not only do we find rest as we get 
to our point three, point number three, we can also build strength from God's joy. And we all know, we live in this world, we, how much of life tears us down? I mean, the people in our lives, circumstances in our lives, how much do we look often downtrodden and, and we feel beaten up? We need, on this side of eternity especially, we need to be built up, we need to be encouraged by the one that we just discovered that takes joy in Jesus. The Scriptures declare the joy of the Lord is your strength. His joy is what gives us strength. The joy of just who He is, again, His character, fills us with His strength. Our broken, fallen nature has very little capacity for joy, for this kind of strength, but our new identity does. Which is why the psalmist declares, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. See, the joy of the Lord truly is your strength. So may you rediscover that all over again during this Advent season. May you go to Him and ask Him to fill you with His joy. And may you find rest. May you be encouraged. May you be built up. May we then find that in our own lives to be parts of that in other people's lives where you are a source of strength in building others up to those around you as we live from a place of the joy of the Lord. And then may you express your joy through trust, through thankfulness, and also song. It's not an exhaustive list. But it's just merely a place to start. See, whether in difficult times or seasons, I don't know about you, but those are the times where I usually start letting go, where, where the, the trust factor becomes a little more difficult. We often stop trusting God. We often stop trusting others when things get rough. We, we become way too tentative. We often, we often get afraid to fail. We're afraid of what others might think. You've kind of lost that bounce in your step. But, but listen to the words of King David here. He writes, again, the Lord is, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And the joy of the Lord my heart trusts in Him, and He helps me. My heart leaps for joy, and with my song I praise Him. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. You can trust Him completely without reservation. Your joy is expressed in your willingness to trust. And one of those ways it comes out is in songs of praise. And, that, and that's one of the reasons why we spend the time we do here in the day. It's important corporately and individually, for us to have opportunities to share in song an attitude of thankfulness and joy and praise. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And with songs we praise Him, Psalm 28.7 says. And as your perspective changes, your heart moves again to this place of gratitude and thankfulness. So look at here as we tie this together. Oh, there is that one. Skip that one to show you. Uh, where he says at the end here, my heart leaps for joy and with my song I praise Him. 
And as we get to the Psalms, chapter 100, verses 1 to 4, the psalmist writes, Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness and come before Him with joyful songs. There's that dynamic of singing again. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. There's this acknowledgement. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. There's this humble recognition. And then we enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. Folks, when you know Him personally, when you know Him willfully, you know Him experientially, that the Lord is God. That He is your Lord and Savior. This is not something that somebody else talks about. That He is the only one, the one and only Creator of the universe who has designed you. Not in your broken state, but in your original state. And He desires to remake you back into that original And when you recognize that you are no longer alone, that you are no longer a person who does not fit in, when you realize that you are His, that you are part of His people, part of the sheep of His pasture, that when you don't feel like you belong, When you live in that reality, it creates within us a reaction of privilege, in verse 1, to this shout. Now, we can't really relate to that. We don't shout for a whole lot in our culture. You know, except maybe at sporting events and stuff like that. Um, but in, in, the, in the first century culture, this was something very expressive. An expression that comes from the very depths of your soul. And it gives you a heart of gratitude that expresses joy through acts of thankfulness. It's a state of mind, a state of being, yes, but that state of mind is to translate into practical ways so that I can live this out. And then trusting and then thankfulness and even through song, there are just two different ways that we can actually live confidence that are expressed by joy. So I want to do a quick time out. Maybe you're here this morning and you're struggling with this. Maybe, maybe as we're reading through this here this morning and we're talking, you're almost on the verge of suicide. And you feel like you've you've lost your joy. Or, or at least the reasons as to why you should have joy. And that's why I'm focusing so much on the character of God and our response to that character and not dialing into our circumstances. I can tell you, circumstances will rob you, or at least try to rob you of your joy. And it's in those moments that you actually need to be reminded again of where joy comes from. That it's okay to be sad. I gave you permission, permission to be sad. To be even brokenhearted. But to also be joyful at the very core of your being. So if that's you here this morning, maybe you need to consider praying the prayer that David did when he prayed, Lord, restore to me the joy of your salvation. If that's you here this morning, then 
and just say that maybe underneath your breath or just in your mind or if you want to say it out loud, Lord, restore to me the joy of your salvation. And allow God's peace, His love to fill you and begin to restore you one Jesus coming that night as the babe in the manger was the answer to generations who have been crying out. They've been crying out to the Lord this prayer. Lord, restore to us the joy of our salvation. And they, a lot of them had given up hope. And on that night, when Jesus came, joy was restored. He is our joy. As we come to our fifth and last point, number five, live joyously as a way of life. Now, this is not about having some kind of general, blind, foolish optimism that is not firmly planted in reality. Because we've all been there. I mean, we're not talking about closing your mind and closing your eyes and just you know, denying that there's any pain, heartache in your life or the world and just go, nope, 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 I'm going to just suck it up and put on a fake face. No, that's not Blind optimism is not joy. This is firmly planted in God's truth and a God who is real and a God who came to earth as a baby and a very real person and a very personal being. And part of this good news is that while we are still living in a broken world, you can still know and experience God's peace. You can still have joy as a way of life. Joy can become Thank you. 